0: I'm your host, Kurt Sandig, and welcome to Paranormal Almanac. That's right, I'm your host, Kurt Sandvig, and on this edition, let's talk about the future, or the past. Well, it's depending on where you're from. That's right, I'm talking time travel. I know you were expecting listener paranormal stories, but I got so many last-minute ones, I'm pushing that to the next episode. So you're stuck with time travel, unless you're a time traveler, then you can just skip to the next one. And tell me how, it's, t- tell me how it is. You know, go ahead and review it. On iTunes, the next episode, the Listener's Ghost Story, let me know how I did. Let me know what the uh, paranormal news topic was. And as always, for verification, give me the winning lotto numbers. As always, the first thing we do is shout-outs. So let's get these shout-outs going. Shout-out to Amber, Amy, Angie, Autumn, Seth, Carolyn, Carolyn, Chuck, Dan, Daniel, David, Dill, Edgar, Harley, Heidi, J-Mark, Jade, Jeff, Jeff T, Jenny, Jim, Joe, Jory, Joshua, Juliana, Kira, Kyle, Lash, Laura, Laura, Rutho, Lauren, Lawrence, Lily, Lionel, Logan, M, Caballero, Caballero? I really should find out how to say your name. I'm sorry. Maggie. Hi, Maggie. Michaela, Manning, Martin, Matt, Megan, Melissa, Nanashi, Nick, Pablo, Rosa, Sarah, Sarah, Shelley, Stitch is about to bark, Nope. All right. Laura, Lauren, Suzanne, Tosh, Todd, Jamie, Elijah, Hendrickson, Travis, Troy, Veronica, and Vincente. As always, thank you so, so much. As always, this show would not be possible without you guys. All righty. With that, let's get into paranormal news. I do have a message for you guys, but I don't want to do it quite yet. I'm going to save it till after paranormal news. Hey, what time is it? It's time for paranormal news. First up in paranormal news, Earth's moon is shrinking and quaking. The moon is slowly shrinking over time, which is causing wrinkles in its crust and moon quakes, according to photos captured by NASA's Lunar Reconnaissance Orbiter. Unlike Earth, the moon doesn't have any tectonic plates, instead, As the moon's interior has cooled over the last several hundred million years, it has caused the surface to wrinkle as it shrinks. That's right, further proof that the moon is not a hologram like that stupid conspiracy theory. Now there are thousands of cliffs scattered across the moon's surface, averaging a few miles long and tens of yards high. The orbiter has taken photos of more than 3,500 of them since 2009. In fact, in 1972, Apollo 17 astronauts Eugene Cernan and Harrison Schmidt had to ascend one of these cliffs. That's right, people were on the moon. It really happened. There's really proof. Today, the moon is 50 meters skinnier because of this process. And as it shrinks, the moon actively produces moonquakes along the faults. So we got the moon quaking, we got the earthquaking, there's volcanoes going off everywhere, super volcano, hopefully knock on wood. Won't be erupting anytime soon. With that, let's get on over to the second story in Paranormal News the one I was waiting for. And it just says sorry, it looks like a researcher didn't just crack the Voynich manuscript after all. A university in the United Kingdom is backpedaling after publishing an article claiming that one of their scientists helped crack the famously indecipherable Voynich manuscript. If you don't know what the Voynich Manuscript is, you really need to listen to every episode of Paranormal Almanac, but especially the one where I talk about the Voynich Manuscript, and how many people thought they've solved it, only to backpedal on that statement. Now, real briefly, the manuscript dates back to the 15th century. A Polish book dealer, Wilfrid Voynich, purchased the book in 1912. Since then, everybody have been trying to decode the book's mysterious language. No attempt has been verified, despite last year's claim that, oh, we figured it out. And now this year's claim, oh, we figured it out. Well, the now-deleted May 15th University of Bristol Press release declared that, quote, a University of Bristol academic has succeeded where countless cryptographers, linguistic scholars, and computer programs have failed. But again, it's now deleted. It's probably not true. It claims that the manuscript is written in a proto-romance language. That's a huge red flag for me, because that's not a real language. And it's a compendium of information on herbal remedies, therapeutic bathing, and astrological readings concerning the matters of the female mind, of body or reproduction, of parenting, and of the heart in accordance with Catholic and Roman pagan beliefs. And it was compiled by a Dominican nun. Sounds awesome, unfortunately though. Challenges began to immediately roll in. Sorry, folks, proto-romance language is not a thing. That's right. This is more, this is just more aspirational, circular, self-fulfilling nonsense. And that comes from Lisa Fagan Davis, who is the executive director of the Medieval Academy of America. She said, "I, I tried several years ago to reproduce Cheshire's Voynich results because initially I was intrigued. But when you apply his Roman letter substitutions and then try to translate the results, you have no choice but to be subjective. It's gibberish. The methodology falls apart. She later tweeted regarding the decipherment of the individual symbols. A number of people have come up with mapping to Latin letters, but those mappings rarely agree with each other or with this proposal. So unfortunately, the Voynich manuscript is still not decoded. We don't know what it says. I do agree that it has a lot to do with plants and herbal remedies. That's obvious just from the photos alone. And yes, I'm sure it has something to do with the reproductive. Again, obvious from the photos alone. But what does it say? It doesn't look like we're much closer or any closer at all to ever deciphering the Voynich Manuscript. One of my favorite books that I thought last year, I thought they did it. This guy was so compelling with his research, I was convinced that they had finally deciphered the Voynich manuscript, but sadly, they didn't. Alrighty, last up in paranormal news, an archaeological mystery deepens as more, quote, jars of the dead are uncovered in Laos. An ancient burial practice involving the use of massive stone jars seems to have been more widespread in Southeast Asia than once assumed. Going to the surprising trove of new discoveries in Laos, a team of archaeologists have discovered 15 new megalithic sites in Laos containing 137 previously unidentified stone jars that are thought to have been related in some way to the disposal of the dead. Now the site dates back to about a thousand years ago. It's located in a remote mountainous forest. And like I said, these monuments are found in Laos. so. There's 137 jars of the dead. Now these so-called jars of the dead have been known to have been known since the nineteenth century, but French archaeologist Madeleine Colani was the first to conduct a scientific investigation of the monuments, which she did in the nineteen thirties. Thousands of the megaliths have been found in the Plain of Jars, which is an area concentrated along the central plain of the Zhang Kong Plateau in northern Laos. The jars measure a few feet across and date back to Laos Iron Age from about 500 BC. So apparently there's 137 of these ginormous jars of the dead, and uh, we're finding more of them all the time. That's creepy as hell. It's really neat to look at, though I really like weird, bizarre, archaeological finds like this. It is always cool to check out. Alright, that about does it for paranormal news because I really, really want to get into this episode. Now, I'm going to be the first one to tell you this episode probably won't be the longest. Hopefully you like it. Hopefully it has some stuff that you've never heard before because that's what I was trying to do with a Time Traveler episode. I didn't want to tell the same old stories that you probably heard a billion times. I was going for the more bizarre... Yeah, I guess the more bizarre the better. I really was. I was trying to get some stuff that you guys had never heard. But, before that, I have a message. Time Travelers. This message is for you. I'll be taking calls on May 20th, 2019 at 7.16 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So for tonight only, you can call me at 424-265-2450. Once again, May 20th, 2019, 7.05 p.m. Tonight only, For the next hour, you can call me at 424-265-2450. No matter when you hear this, go back in time and call me now. Call me from whatever time you're in. I want proof of a time traveler. My ringer is up high. There's a good chance I'll pee myself on air if it rings. But here you go. Here's your chance to prove to me, to my listeners, to everyone, that time travel exists. If you call me at 424-265-2450, May 20th, 2019, 7.05 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. You know who I am. You know where I am. Now's your chance. In fact, if you're, from, if you're a time traveler from the future, you probably even know what my address is. So call me or come to my door. Knock on my door. I'll interview you on air. Here's your chance. Is any time travelers out there, Stitch? Get them. Okay, so this is inspired by Stephen Hawking's time traveler party. Now he threw it in 2009, but not one single guest attended. Now there's a film of the event and it shows a sadly empty, boring, unattended cocktail party. There were three trays of canopies sitting in there, um, sitting there uneaten. There were flutes filled with Krug champagne just being wasted. Hawking's, or, you know, more likely one of his assistants, they hung balloons and a giant banner that displayed the words, Welcome Time Travelers. (laughs) Well, do we have a time traveler? Nope, apparently that is just a dog walking by. Is it a dog from the future? I don't know. Um, So what happened? Well, he sent out the invitations after the party happened. By publishing the party invitation in his miniseries, Into the Universe with Stephen Hawking, Hawking hoped that the time travelers would come back in time and attend. It said, You are cordially invited to a reception for time travelers. The invitation read, Along with the date, time, and coordinates for the event. The theory, Hawking explained, was that only someone from the future would be able to attend. What a shame, he said. I was hoping a future Ms. Universe was going to step through the door. But Hawking later, Hawking himself later discussed the dangers of time travel. In an Ars Technica interview in 2012, He said that Einstein's theory of relativity laid the groundwork for the possibility of time travel. But warping space and time could trigger trigger a bolt of radiation that would destroy the spaceship and maybe space-time itself. That being said, I personally believe that time travel is real. Either it's happened or it's going to happen. Or it's happening now. So, if it's good enough for Stephen Hawking, it's good enough for me, time travelers. Once again, 424-265-2450. This number is on now. Oh, and and you know what, and since I brought up Stephen Hawking, hey Stephen Hawking, feel free to call me up or talk on this mic that I'm pointing at right here while I record this episode. Let's prove either time travel exists or ghosts exist. Tonight and tonight alone. Come here, Stitch. Trying to record. Trying to get time travelers and Stephen Hawking to talk to me. All right, Stephen Hawking, here's your chance. Time travel, parallel universes, ghosts, whatever. Now's your chance to talk. I'm gonna let the mic go for just a couple of seconds. Let's see if we pick anything up besides Stitch grumbling. Alrighty. With that said, it's ready for time travelers. Let's talk about some. Is there any proof that time travel exists? That time travelers have gone back in time? And if they have, would we even know it? Or does it splice our reality to a different timeline every time someone comes back? Are they the cause of the Mandela effect? Now, as you probably have guessed, I'm going to debunk some, quote, famous time travelers, but then there's some that I just can't explain. So if you like fun, what if type episodes, you might just like this one. I got to say, thanks to the internet, it's really easy to go back and see what predictions were made by supposed time travelers a few years ago, and if any of their predictions have come true. So let's just start there. All right, you get the premise. Do I need to explain it better? If so, then hit the 15 second rewind button and listen to it again. It's pretty simple. Went to the internet. Saw what predictions were made by supposed time travelers a few years ago. Let's see if those predictions have come true. Alrighty, so let's start with a guy named Noah. Now he's a time traveler. He's from 2030. So apparently we're very close to time travel. He's from 2030. He obviously didn't time travel as a baby. So that means he's alive now noah the time traveler whether he knows it or not which it sounds like he did because one of the videos he met himself which made no sense uh noah the time traveler is alive right now and in 2030 he'll be going back in time now he came about on apex something or other it doesn't matter it's a youtube channel and surprise bs time traveler youtube videos get a ton of hits a ton of hits so this Apex channel is like the core of a lot of these supposed time travelers apparently from the future no matter 4 thousand, 5,000 years in the future when you come back you have to find someone from Apex because you just got to be on their YouTube channel now Noah supposedly passed a lie detector test that's bullshit in the video they show him strapped to a lie detector In front of the camera with his face pixelated out and his voice modulated to sound really deep and scary. Here's the problem. The lie detector doesn't have any of the real equipment used for a lie detector. It looks to me like they saw one on TV. They bought a blood pressure cuff and like a key fob for his chest. In a real lie detector test... They ask you baseline questions first, then ask you to keep like remain completely still and answer the questions with short answers of yes or no, and then check off the instances on the readout. None of that happened in this BS video. Do not waste your time with Noah, the Time Traveler's lie detector test BS video. But that's not the premise of this part of the show. The premise is, What were some of his predictions for the year 2019? So he came back from 2030 to 2018 to tell his predictions on a shitty video. Here we go. Number one, the UK will come back in the European Union and the whole European countries, all of them. Everything that's in the EU right now will come together into one giant country with a whole new currency. That hasn't happened yet in 2019, but the year's not over. Here's another one, April of 2019. Hey, that just happened. So in April of 2019, Noah says, we will have robotic eyes. So apparently last month we started to have robotic eyes. Now I checked online and nope, I cannot buy a robotic eye, Noah. He said, They were available to anyone that needed vision, basically. New eyes. Hey, I could use a new eye. I've got a bad eye. I want a robotic eye. Sounds like a lot of cool fun to me. But no robotic eyes yet, Noah. Okay, the third one is April of 2019. April was going to be a big month, apparently. April of 2019, we will cure paralysis. Sadly, that didn't happen. Number four. According to Noah, 2019 will be the year of UFO sightings, and this will be the beginning of the alien invasion. So as opposed to the last 50 years of UFO sightings, are there more? Are they verified? What the hell are you talking about, Noah? We have not had an influx of UFO sightings that make everybody go, holy crap, 2019? That's the year of UFO sightings. Now again year's not over We're halfway through don't worry that is not a time traveler calling me sorry about that interruption everybody that is not a time traveler but i have the ringer up high so if i'm getting texts you're gonna hear these texts okay so again the year's only half over maybe the year of ufo sightings hasn't started yet maybe they're only gonna get better okay number five February of 2019, the Midwest would be hit by massive snowstorms. Now, there were massive snowstorms, but there was massive snowstorms in 2018 and 2017. They've been getting worse and worse because of climate change. That's not a massive, amazing prediction. Was he right? Sure. I'll give Noah that one. Number six. Queen Elizabeth will pass away sometime between 2018 and 2028. Oh, what a prediction. The 93-year-old queen will pass away at some point between now and her 102nd birthday? Well, consider me convinced in Noah. He's gonna get that one right. All right, so let's skip to his predictions for 2028, because he's all over the place with predictions. So the next prediction is from 2028. So we got to ways to find out if he's true or not. In 2028, Yolanda Renee King, Martin Martin Luther King's granddaughter, will become the American president. Now, sure, she's not old enough to be elected president, but sometime before her election, a new amendment will be passed bringing the age restrictions on the U.S. presidency down from 35 years to 21 years old. So, 2028, she's going to be our 21-year-old president. Look, she seems awesome. I'm all for it. I'm completely down if that one happens. Sure, I'll vote for her if I'm still alive, but I'm not really counting on them. All right, so that about does it for, Noah I had other predictions here or there, but nothing really vital for me to keep going down the list of some probable bullshit um, predictions. Nothing he said, and I mean nothing he said, was spot on to the point where everybody went, holy shit, this guy knows what he's talking about. We don't have robotic eyes. We don't have paralysis. It's, or we haven't cured paralysis. We haven't done these amazing medical things that we all wish we would have done. Just hasn't happened yet. So let's move on to another time traveler. Now he posted in 2013 on Reddit. He said he was from 2025. And for proof, he says, well, his main prediction that he was, that is the proof of it was about Bitcoin value. This was in 2013. He said, it would be worth $100,000 per Bitcoin in 2019. Now, for many years, his prediction was spot-on accurate. The amount that it would increase year over year was spot-on. Again, it wasn't that much of a shock because everybody was talking about Bitcoins online in 2013 and their values were only increasing. Now, he said that in 2019, one Bitcoin would be worth $100,000. Sorry, it's only worth $7,800 so far. So, just wrong. One of the main time travelers that everybody said had to be true because his prediction was right. Well, it didn't come true. Sorry, everybody. righty, let's move on to a different time traveler. Now, this one's from the year 2075. He came back to warn us about a nuclear war between North Korea and the United States. Now, this was set to take place in 2019. Don't panic yet. Here's the full transcript. I do want to tell you about North Korea because they do attempt to launch a nuclear weapon at the United States. This happens in the year. This happens late in the year 2018. 2018. Now, in response to this, the U.S. sends two cruise missiles laden with nuclear tips. Unfortunately, what happens as a result of this nuclear exchange in 2019, World War III does happen. Thankfully, none of that happened. Ever so thankfully that none of that happened. Sure, 2019 does seem to be a year that we're going to get in war with North Korea or Iran. Knock on wood. That doesn't happen, but it does seem to be on the books. Like, that's where it's going. But this guy said it started in the late 2018, and it launched a nuclear weapon at the United States. Again, thankfully, none of that happened. He also said in 2022, there was a very large earthquake which hit California. It was a 9.9 on the Richter scale. So again, let's hope he's wrong about that one too. And speaking of Reddit, There's a time traveler from the year 2072. He didn't ask me anything in 2018. Here's some of the predictions that he said, not necessarily, well, I guess it would be predictions. Here's some of the stuff that he says happens in our future. He was very quick to say that what's going to happen will happen. None of this splice timelines, that if he talks about it, it won't happen. None of that. He did say that there were certain things like if you asked him what the lotto numbers were, he wouldn't ask, he wouldn't answer that because if you're going to win the lotto, you're going to win the lotto. You don't need his help. And if you needed his help, you weren't going to win the lotto. So it's not going to happen. So he does kind of pick and choose a little bit with the whole back to the future thing. But he says, he did say that what's going to happen in the future is going to happen. So Just randomly starting from some of the stuff that he said is going to happen in our future. Uh, Donald Trump dies on March 13th, 2025. One of his final public appearances is at a rally in support of a Republican running for the governor of Virginia. Vladimir Putin dies on June 6th, 2025. His death was, was the center of various conspiracy theories. A lot of people think that the radical liberals assassinated him though the government lists his death as a result of natural causes. Nicolas Maduro dies on October 31st, nope, October 1st, 2038. He spent his final years while residing in Mexico due to being banished from Venezuela. He was removed from office by a movement of rebels. Hillary Clinton dies on May 1st, 2023 after battling pneumonia for a few weeks. So... There's a broad spectrum of just about everybody in the news in 2019, as far as politics are concerned. I'm not choosing any sides. That's what he says happened. I'm not talking politics. I'm talking about the future people. Alrighty. So somebody asked him, hey, why didn't you attend Stephen Hawking's time traveler party? This guy says, memories from the year 2072. This guy says he never hosts a time traveler party. Whoops. Whoops. Yes, he did. You effed up. Then someone asked, has Elon made it to Mars yet? His response was, the first man makes it to Mars in 2035. That seems like a far way out there. I think we're going to hit Mars well before that. Someone asked him, what was the most surprising thing to happen between now and 2072? His response was, there are riots in 2051 in alabama mississippi and louisiana they're led by white supremacists in response to the growing hispanic population a lot of casualties occur and it actually sparks a movement of secession that dies down when the national guard is federalized by president reminden r-e-m-i-d-i-n that's 2051 so all right you know nazis are still around that sucks Um, that was his big, those were his big predictions, the biggest ones that he had. So let's go over to another time traveler, ask me anything on Reddit. This one from the year 2154. He said, the greatest global event that I've witnessed in my own time was the discovery of an ancient city on a planet called Oridon F in the Andromeda galaxy. We found an outpost in Andromeda in March of 2143 and have found no signs of intelligent life beyond this city. As you can imagine, this was a fairly monumental discovery as it was the only known sign of intelligent life anywhere. Even in my time, we found life nowhere in our galaxy. Admittedly, we've only mapped around 60%, but still. F that guy. Something else he brought up was bad news for Radiohead fans. Another Reddit user asked him, How many more albums do Radiohead make after a moon-shaped pool? This time traveler from the year 2154 says, I'm afraid it's all bad news here. The death of Tom's wife hit him hard, and after years of battling crippling insomnia and substance abuse, he sadly took his own life on August 24th, 2020. Again, let's really hope this guy is wrong. Uh, Another person asked him, Have any major conspiracy theories been confirmed, like the Illuminati, 9-11, and so on? This time traveler from 2154 said, The Illuminati is a myth. Bush actually did 9-11. Well, the U.S. government did. Other than that, no. So there you go, 9-11 conspiracy theorists. A time traveler from the year 2154 on an Ask Me Anything on Reddit Seems to agree with you. Now, another person said, tell us something that'll happen in the next few days or as some sort of proof, something that can't be prevented by now. He said, here's the thing with proof. As I said in multiple comments, time is weird. Every decision made fractures time made. Every decision made fractures time and creates a new timeline. So this guy is very firm with the whole different timelines, the multiple, uh, the parallel universes. And he says, if I tell you that Brett Kavanaugh's nomination will be overturned in a few days and it doesn't come true, I'm a fraud. But what really happened was one of these fractures occurred and what happened in my time didn't happen in yours. There'll be minor differences in mine and yours, but I'm sure the important things will stay the same. Well, not really. And frankly, that example that you used, which seemed like a very known thing at the time you like a sure thing at the time didn't happen so yeah you kind of protected yourself by saying oh a bunch of fractures anything could happen just because i said it's true and what will happen in the future doesn't mean it's really going to happen because you know timelines and blah 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 that's the problem with time travelers cross the board that is the problem with time travelers now if you ask any scientist is time travel possible More and more of them are leaning towards the fact that, yes, time travel probably could happen. But here's the problem with these time travelers and proof. They're giving us dates so far out, usually. Some of them are 2020 and 2019. But for the most part, they're giving us dates that are 100 years out or 90 years out with nothing to back that. There's huge gaps between, all right, so that happened in 2150, 2143, What happened in 2043? What happened in 2023? Connect the dots. If you know all of these things, if you have the ability, like one of these time travelers has this little thing on his wrist. It's like a dial link or something stupid. Basically, like a little computer on his wrist that he could look up anything. And sure, he looked up a lot of stuff 100 years out. But if you asked him five years out, they always across the board say, Oh, I don't want to spoil the surprise. I don't want to, you know, I can't tell you what's going to happen because it might affect it. Some things just have to happen. It's bullshit. Scientifically speaking, it's bullshit. If they can give us every date across the board, give us something specific in every year, every five years, every three years, something specific to prove that they're a time traveler. They said they have no problems being on these Ask Me Anythings on Reddit. They said that no one's going to believe them anyway, so who cares? That they're only going to be in our time for such a short window. They'll be gone before these things happen. Well, the internet seems to stick around for quite a long time. That's how I'm looking these things up. Seems to me it'd be very easy for a time traveler to say real things, real proof, and then poof, they're gone. And it's not until 10 years later that we go, holy shit, that guy actually was saying real things, real proof. It'd be amazing. It'd be impressive. Once again, you can call me at 424-265-2450. Two night only. The only time you can call me. The current time is 7.43 p.m. in California, May 20th, 2019. Feel free to give me a call. Okay, another time traveler on Reddit. Again, is this a time traveler requirement or something? If you want to time travel, when you go back in time, make sure if Reddit's around, you do an Ask Me Anything on Reddit. Well, here's another time traveler on Reddit who got everything wrong. And I mean everything wrong. World Series winner, World Cup winner, everything so easily debunkable here. There are so many time travelers that have gotten just everything wrong. It was easy to look up, None of their predictions had come true just easily like, well, I'm not even going to talk about them. They're just stupid kids pretending to be time travelers or they're just that bad at time travel. All right. Let's hope this next one is wrong too, though. Roberto Ferreira Nobrega from 2075. Here are some of his predictions. 2019 civil war will happen. John Teeter said the same thing. It still hasn't happened yet. 2024, great hunger that'll affect the whole world. 2075, cure for rabies has already been discovered. All right, that one's pretty vague, but all right. So we have two really bad things that are about to happen, then absolutely nothing, then randomly 2075, cure for rabies has already been discovered. Here's that big gap in the proof of time travelers I was just talking about. So for that, let's take a pause from predictions for a second, for a show and tell part of this episode. That's right, show and tell, there's a video that if it's real, it's really incredible. Now it comes from Turkey, I'll describe it, but it would be better if you hit pause for a second, head on over to Paranormal Almanac on Facebook, and watch it for yourself. Alright, I'll give you a second to actually get there, because I really want you to watch this video. So once again, head on over to Paranormal Almanac on Facebook. I'm going to give you a second to get there. I want you to watch this video for yourself. It's the Turkey Time Traveler video. Now, it's not a time traveling video about a a time traveling Turkey. It's a guy from Turkey and a time traveler. Okay, you there? Hopefully you're there. If not, well, it took you too long, so I'm moving ahead without you. Alrighty, let's keep going. So, like I said, it comes from Turkey, where a shopkeeper, Serdar Beniciyi, Beniciyi? Beniciyi, I don't know, was stacking stuff outside in front of his store. Now, he says he heard someone call out and felt a sudden tap on his shoulder, and he turned around towards the street. He actually turns around away from the tap on the shoulder. Now, a moment later, a truck with a loose, outward-swinging rear gate came around the corner, and the gate swung open right where that guy's head was going to be, only seconds before. His head was right there. Now, the man that tapped him on the shoulder, he keeps walking, and we never see him again. Sardar says, when he went around the corner to look for the man, he wasn't there. Now, I like that some people think it's Sardar himself from the future. There's a lot of people that say, if you you look at the way he's walking, the guy's walking with a neck injury or a head injury. So this was Sardar. He did actually get hit by the gate. He figured out some way sometime in the future to go back in time and stop it from happening so he wouldn't have this head injury or whatever. I think the guy would have been clocked and killed dead. Now, it's... It's not a long video at all. It's a minute and 58 seconds. It repeats itself quite a bit. It's kind of blurry. You see this guy just wandering towards the street, and Sardar's out in front of him. The guy taps Sardar on the left shoulder. Sardar looks over his right shoulder. Here comes that gate swinging. Sardar moves really quickly out of the way, and he looks around like, what the fuck just happened? It's really bizarre. It's really interesting. Like I said, if it's real, it's amazing. Because it is so nonchalant. The guy's just walking, tap, tap, swing. It is insane. Now, unfortunately, I don't know what the hell Sadar's saying in the interview, but supposedly it's something to the effect of what I just said. He was standing out there, he's working, somebody tapped him on the shoulder, turned around, saw the gate, moved out of the way, it would have hit him in the head. Basic things that I just said, Sadar's saying in his own words. But the guy genuinely looks alarmed when he's telling the story, He's not saying stuff like the fake time travelers saying like, and then I saw a blast of light and the guy sparkled out of existence. No, he's not saying any of that. It's very down to earth, seems very real, and it's really incredible. I want you guys to watch that video. Like I said, it's going to be up on the Facebook page, Paranormal Almanac on Facebook. Tell me what you guys think. And if it's not a time traveler, that's some serious guardian angel shit going on. Okay, so from that awesome possible video proof is about the best proof I can find for time travelers that isn't obnoxiously fake. Like I said, I went down the rabbit hole on YouTube of every time travel video. 90% of them were all the same. 90% of them are done by Apex, whatever the frack they're called and the stupid, uh, sister channel that they have on YouTube. Um, pixelated faces, Really crappy quality, you know, the voice distorter for whatever reason to protect themselves from time cops or whatever the hell their reasoning is. Most of the people online in these crappy videos have the worst photos ever as quote unquote proof, but the photos get, um, distorted from the time travel. Okay, whatever. All right. So like I said, with that being said, here's some stories that I can't prove are fake. I can't prove are real. Well, one I can probably prove is fake, but the first one is journalist J. Bernard Hutton, who not surprisingly is only mentioned in connection with this story online. You look up journalist J. Bernard Hutton and find me a person that is not connected with this time travel story. So that is a huge red flag, but I'll tell you the story anyway. So J. Bernard Hutton and photographer... Jochim Brandt, Jochim, J-O-A-C-H-I-M, Brandt, were supposedly sent by a German newspaper to do a story on the Hamburg shipyard in 1932. 1932. Just want you to know that date, 1932. Now, they were documenting their visit when all of a sudden, bombs started falling into the shipyard, and I'm talking a full air raid from everywhere. Shit was getting destroyed left and right. As they quickly made their escape, Brandt was photographing the whole time. You know, he's a photojournalist. He was doing his job. So a few miles out, they get in a car, they take off a few miles out. They look back expecting to see black smoke, but the sky is clear now. There is no sign of an air raid or bombings at all over the Hamburg shipyard. Freaking out, rightfully so, they quickly drove back to the office to develop the film. And when they did, there was no air raid or anything unusual on any of the photographs. The story continues, though. Eleven years later, J. Bernard Hutton was living in London when he read in a newspaper a story about Operation Gomorrah, which was an air raid on Hamburg. This is 11 years later, 1943, Operation Gomorrah did happen at the Hamburg shipyard, and it would have looked basically what he was describing back in the day, the exact same thing that he witnessed in 1932. Look, this is a great story, but all signs point back to one source, and that source, but all signs for this story point back to one source, sadly. That source... The Little Giant Book of Eerie Thrills and Unspeakable Chills, written by Ron Edwards, C.B. Colby, and John Macklin. Yeah, that's right. It's a book that's supposed to give you chills and thrills and eerie bullshit. It's the only source of this story. There are no articles I could find ever written by a J. Bernard Hutton. I couldn't find anything about a Yokum brand or... Jokem Brant or Jokechim Brant. Um, I seriously doubt this one is real, but I can't prove it. You guys are all in, not you guys, all of you, but there are some of you out there who say that I instantly dismiss dismiss stuff when I can't prove that it's fake. So this one, I can't prove it's fake. Can't prove it's real. There's a lot of red flags. Take it with a huge grain of salt, but I'm not saying it's fake. I'm just saying, I think it's fake. All right, so this next one is a quick one. In April of 2013, the Iranian news source, Fars, had a story claiming a 27-year-old Iranian scientist had invented a time machine that allowed people to see into the future. But a few days later, the story was removed and replaced with a story quoting an Iranian government official that no such device had been registered. So obviously the government, the government in Iran have a time machine, and there's no possible way this whole story was fake. Did a news agency called Fars from Iran have a story up there? Yes, that part is true. Was the story removed and replaced with the story quoting an Iranian government official that no such device had been registered? Yes, that part is true too. So I personally think that the Iranian government have a time machine. Good on them. That leads us to another legend, but this one is so old, there's no way for me to validate this one. So this one, let's just say is true. I don't know. It's called The Legend of the Green Children of Woolpit. And it's about two children with greenish colored skin who appeared in the village of Woolpit in Suffolk, England. Now they couldn't speak English or any known language And they were brother and sister. How do we know that? Well, I'll get to that in a second. So anyhow, these two green kids, well, not green, but they had a greenish tint to their faces. They were taken to the local villager for care. But besides not being able to communicate with them, it's reported that they would only eat broad beans. Oh, when did this happen? The 12th century. Did I say that? I don't think I did. This, all of this happened in the 12th century. That's what I'm saying, but it's so old. There's no way for me to validate this one. So in the 12th century, two kids, greenish colored skin, appear in the village of Woolpit in Suffolk, England. Couldn't speak English, any known language, their brother and sister, I'll get to that, taken to a local villager to care for them, not being able to communicate, they would only eat broad beans. Now the kids were kept under his care, and they lost their green hue as they started eating quote-unquote normal food. But sadly, the boy died very soon after being found. Now, the girl not only survived, but she learned English and eventually told her rescuers they were brother and sister and where they came from. She said they had come from a twilight-covered place called St. Martin's Land and that her and her brother were taking care of their father's sheep one day when they found a cave. They went into the cave, and after walking what felt like a very long time, they emerged in Woolpit. Now this story gets retold many times throughout the years, but the earliest known writings about it is William of Newburgh's Historia Rimrum Angelicarum, and Ralph of Cogshell's Chronicum Angelicanum. Those both sound like Harry Potter spells, but apparently they're books that were written in 1189 and 1220. So is this time travel? Maybe. Parallel universes? Possibly. Time slip? Uh, sure. I have no idea. Sadly, I can't find any proof of her or her offspring if she ever even had any. But like I said, this happened in the 12th century. So I, it's not impossible to think that it might have happened. Who knows? Not surprising that I can't find any proof of them. So like I said at the beginning, no way for me to validate it. It's a neat one. Is it time travel? I don't know. Now here's a short story of a time slip in my opinion, but since she slipped in time, I guess technically she's a time traveler, so with that let's go to the year 1968. A woman named Charlotte Warburton entered a cafe she had never seen before. Sounds boring so far, but when she tried to go back to that same cafe a few days later, it was gone. She later learned there was in fact a cafe in that spot, but many years ago, and it was long gone and since replaced by a supermarket. So that seems like the classic time slip. I'm sure I talked about it on the last episode. Even if I did, I'm going to talk about it again. Um, you know, skip 30 seconds if you don't want to hear it again. I often had this conversation in bars with people about what would happen if you're walking down the street. You're walking down the street you turn a corner, but all of a sudden you're back in the past. You're in 1940. What would you do? If you couldn't get back to today, you're stuck in 1940. How do you make a living in 1940? Sure, you could show them your phone. That's probably on you. But your phone battery going to die very soon. It's going to be hard to recharge. So that's very brief. After a little while, you just got a black piece of plastic that they don't care about. And you can't get to work. You're not connected to the internet. You're not connected to Wi-Fi. You're not connected to the phones because you're in 1940. That stuff doesn't exist yet. How do you make a living? How do you become rich? Sure, the classic response is usually like, oh, well, I'll uh, buy Apple stock. Okay, this is 1940. Apple stock's not happening until the 70s. Same thing with Amazon, Disney, anything you can think of. 1940. It's not a prosperous time in America. Oh, and by the way, you're in America. I don't care where you live in the world. When this happens, you're in America. It doesn't have to be America, but let's just go with this. So, you know, you're stuck in 1940. How do you convince people that you're a time traveler? I couldn't tell you who the president's supposed to be in 1940 or who the next president is. Sadly, I went to American public school. I can't remember that crap. I couldn't tell you a lot of things. Like, sure, I could tell you, oh, I could tell you when Kennedy's going to die, but that's not until the 60s. I can tell you... That, you know, Walt Disney and Star Wars... I I mean, I can quote Star Wars, but that's not going to do me any good until the 70s. I'm going to be stuck there for 30 years before that's going to do me any good. And even then, then what am I going to do? Sure, I could wait until I'm born, but that's not for another 30 years, 30 plus years. So again, none of this helps me. How do you survive in 1940? It's a fun thing to tell. Oh, and what's even better is when people try to bullshit their way. There was a guy I was talking to, a buddy of mine, back in the day, and I was telling, I asked him this, this question in the bar, and he goes, oh, well, that's easy. I'd bet on the Yankees. They're going to win. So I looked it up. I'm like, eh, Yankees didn't win. You just lost that bet, and you had to borrow that money, so now you're going to get your knees cracked or whatever the hell they did back in the day. So it's something to think about. It's something interesting. If you ever have a time slip, you better have a plan. I'm trying to help you out now. It's like a survival plan for like earthquakes and shit, but it's for time slips. That's what I'm trying to do to you right now. Okay, with that, let's move on to another time travel story. Another time traveler. Is he real? Possible. This leads us to 2018, when a man going only by Edward came back from the year 5000. But he said he's from our time. That's right, he showed a crappy photo of Los Angeles completely submerged underwater. It looks stupid, it's fake, it's not worth posting. He claimed to have been involved with the top secret shadow government experiment in 2004. He is from our time. So in 2004, 2004 he becomes involved with the top secret shadow government experiment in which he would travel to the year 5000. He was originally working as a technical support engineer when he was approached to work with the secret organization concerning a sphere of technical inventions. Edward started working for and then started time traveling for this secret organization. His dire warning to us all, that he learned from the year 5000, is this. Due to the melting of the polar ice caps, humanity survives by floating on waters in cities on huge wooden platforms. Those cities are known as Waterworld. All right, well, he didn't say Waterworld, but the rest of the crap he'd said. So, I'm all for that. Have you ever gone to Universal and watched the Waterworld stunt show? It's spectacular. Kevin Costner with gills and shit, that sounds awesome. So, apparently, the only dire warning that he can give us from his trip to the year 5,000 is, hey guys, polar ice caps are melting. <whistles> Way to go, Edward. You wasted a whole lot of people's time. Next up is a man from the year 4,000. John, who will be, or was, the co-founder of a leading car company from his time. The company is known as Zoocar, So buy your zoocar stock now. He said it's a leading car company in the year 4000. Well, he came back to our time because of concerns with the rise of AI and the consequences for humanity. John would also offer up a photograph of the world thousands of years from now. It's also a really crappy looking photograph that looks fake as all hell. Now, it appears to show an automated car processing plant from his time, from the year 4000. Now, spider-like machines are in the process of mass-producing his car. Now, John said it's the DR-18, a car that is, or will be, or was, or whatever, impossible to have an accident in. This car, like most things in the year 4000, are all done by robots. They're all built by robots. Everything is done by robots. Not surprisingly, robots are kind of in the lead of stuff and we're just kind of sitting around getting fat and lazy. Now, John said there's no birds in his time because all the birds were killed on purpose because of the threat to all the flying cars and that the only cats and dogs in the year 4000 are in zoos. I don't like the year 4000. That sounds terrible. No birds, cats and dogs are only in zoos. Sounds like it's a zoo of cats and dogs, so we've already killed off all the other animals. This sounds like a terrible timeline. Let's hope that John and his DR-18 flying car never exist. Screw you and your zoo car. Screw you and the zoo car you rode in on. Alrighty. Now this next one sounds like a variant of the man from Torrid. If you don't know what that is, listen to the time slip episode of Paranormal Almanac. Voted the best paranormal podcast by Stitch. Okay, so this story, again, variant of the man from Torrid, in 1850, a man named Joffar Vorin was found wandering confused in Frankfurt-on-the-Oder in Germany. So, they started to question him. He spoke very broken English and said he was from Laxaria, Laxaria, I don't know, Laxaria. And he spoke the languages Laxarian, and he could also write in the language of Abramian, Abramian, sure. He said he was in search of his long-lost brother, but he was shipwrecked on the way to his destination. He says that his religion is Christian in form and doctrine, but it's called Ispatian. Laxaria he represents to be a hundred miles from Europe, and separated by vast oceans. Now Vorin didn't recognize any of the maps or the globes that they showed him. He claimed that his world, the one he knew, had five sections. Sakria, Aflar, Aslar, Auslar, and Uplar. Now, in the Yearbook of Facts and Science and Arts, John reports that Voren was taken to Berlin to be questioned and studied. All right, so there's a book called the Yearbook of Facts and Arts Facts Yearbook of Facts in Science and Arts that talks about this guy. Apparently, he was taken off to Berlin, questioned, and studied. And then that's it. That's all we ever know about Jofar Vorin. So Jofar Vorin, if you're listening to this podcast, please get in touch with me. I'd love to chat with you or Jofar Vorin, You can call me at four, two, four, two, six, five, two, four, five, zero right now. Call me now. Yeah. I thought that would work for a second there. Alrighty. So let's move on to the next one. This one's a bit more recent, it's in 1979, where Jeff and Pauline Simpson, with the couple Len and Cynthia Gibsey, Gisby, Gisby, were traveling through France on holiday. They decided to find a hotel for the night because it was getting so late and they found a place just down a small road, just off the main beaten path. They said it was weird. The doors to the rooms only had wooden latches, no locks. The windows only had thick shutters, no glass but it was quaint and they were really tired. So they stayed there. How about this? If you're going and you, if you're going to find a hotel and you find one that has wooden latches and no locks and no windows or no glass in the windows, don't stay there. But these guys did. They had a pleasant night's sleep. The next morning they had breakfast at the hotel and encountered two gendarmes, which are French policemen. And I guarantee you I said that wrong, and I'm sorry to all the old-timey French policemen. Um, so these French policemen were wearing old-looking uniforms, complete with capes. But the weirdest part was their bill. The night's stay for two rooms was only 19 francs. I take it back. If you're ever in France on holiday and you find some weird-ass old hotel and they only have wooden latches, no locks, and no glass in the windows, and there's two old-timey French policemen and they're wearing capes, stay there. It's only 19 francs. Think of how cheap your tri- your your European travels will be. 19 francs a night? That's amazing. So on their way back through the area, they went off, they traveled, they went, that was a fantastic hotel. We got to tell all our friends about this place. On the way back through the area... They were going to go stay at this hotel yet again, 19 francs, can't blame them, that probably included breakfast, but anyhow, they would try to find this hotel again, and it was gone. They could find no little road off the beaten path, no tiny hotel with caped French policemen, none of that stuff. Okay, this next one's real quick, probably another time slip. This one occurred in 1969. Two men were having, uh, let's see, two men were having lunch in a southwestern Louisiana town. What town? Don't know, doesn't say. Afterwards, after lunch, they get in their car and they're headed back to work along U.S. Route 167. Now in the distance, they see an old car. It's an old 40s car. Said, oh, that's a cool old car. As they get closer to it, they realize it's moving very slowly and they could see the year 1940 printed on its license plate still cool. The two men pull up alongside the car and there's a woman, she's driving it. She's done up in 1940s outfit, clothing, hair, everything. There's a small child next to her sitting in the front seat, not in a kid's seat, uh, child safety seat, whatever you want to call it. He's dressed in 1940s clothes as well. And they both are very confused and scared. So they gesture to the woman like, Hey, pull over. We'll help you which probably scared the hell out of a 1940s woman with her own small child in the car. But as she began to pull onto the side of the road, the two men stopped behind her, you know, a few yards down. They were going to walk back over. As they turned around, the whole car had vanished into thin air. Dun, dun, dun. That's a time slip. All right, this next one was already debunked, but it still makes the round on websites as proof of time travel. Again... This next one has already been debunked by many people, including me. I don't need to debunk it anymore for you. It's already out there and debunked. There's a guy named Billy Meyer. He said he was taken by extraterrestrials and they time traveled with them to show him the dinosaurs and other cool stuff like Jesus. He took photos and used them as proof of time travel. But here's the problem. Here's the debunk. Debunk incoming. The problem is that pterodactyl photo was just a photo of an illustration from a book called Life Before Man. That's right, he took a photo of an illustration in an old book called Life Before Man. The UFO photo that he also had in his little collection of photos was a badly made UFO out of a garbage can lid. The swinging dancers that he took photos of to prove that he went back to the 50s were from a Dean Martin TV episode that he took a photo of his TV screen. So no, Billy is not a time traveler. In fact, Billy is just really bad at lying. Every step of this was so easily debunkable and crap. Alrighty, lastly, we have a time traveler that went to the future and back in his sleep. That's right, in 1921, Paul Amadeus Dinashe, Dienach? D-I-E-N-A-C-H. He is a Swiss Austrian teacher and he goes into a year-long coma. That part is definitely true. This man did exist. He did have a year-long coma. And during this time, apparently he entered the body of someone from the future. So when he wakes up, when he wakes up from his coma, all of a sudden he comes out of it, He starts talking about how his mind entered the body of another man in the year 3906. A man named Andre Northman. He immediately starts writing about his experience in the future. And it's all about like the nightmare of overpopulation and world wars. All kinds of crazy crap. He's so afraid that he's going to be committed because of this. He keeps it all a secret. He just starts writing everything he can remember. I'm talking about world-changing globalization, the radical new administration system, the colony on Mars, next human evolutionary stage. He writes all of this in his diary. Before he dies, he realizes, ah, crap, I'm going to die soon. He hands his diary to his favorite student, George Papachatsis. Sure. Now, George, I'm just going to call him George, goes on to become professor of law and rector of Pantheon University of Greece. The diary circulates as a hidden knowledge among high-ranking masons in the lodges of Athens. Then, in 1972, George decides to publish the Dinich diary in the native language, in Greece, in Greek. Now, the book has been translated, and it's out there if you want to buy it. It's called The Chronicles from the Future, the amazing story of Paul, Amadeus, D-notch, D-natch, I don't know how to say his last name. The guy's been dead forever and he didn't inhabit my body to tell me how to say it. So it's good enough for me. Now, let me say, I've not read the book yet. I've ordered it, but it was on back order. So when I read it, I'm sure I'll, I'll tell you guys all about it. But here's what I've read about it so far. The story shows great credibility for a few reasons. There are descriptions of technology similar to TVs, computers, tablets, internet, Virtual reality. Casey need the date again. It was 1921. He died in 1922. Seems to get a lot of stuff right. Uh, let's see: tablets, ver- internet, virtual reality, a Mars colony in the 24th century. Now there, he does talk about a nuclear war that devastates most of Europe except for Scandinavia and Africa. Now let me ask you this: How does someone from 1922, who died in 1923, even know about a nuclear war? Now, sure. The book wasn't uh, released or whatever, published until 1972. So who's to say that in those 50-something years, George doesn't add a whole lot? I can't prove he didn't, but I can't prove he did. So here's some of the predictions from the Paul Dynich for the Future of Humanity book. 2000 to 2300 AD, humanity is still struggling with the problems of overpopulation, ecological destruction on the environment, economic inequalities, wrong monetary system, lack of appropriate nutrition for all people, and local minor wars. People are living in this hastily race for atomic survival without time to look for their inner selves and spiritual development. That sounds about right. Uh, 2204 AD, a large colonization of the planet Mars is completed. 20 million people colonize Mars by 2204, but in 2265, a vast natural destruction kills them all. Never again humanity tries to colonize Mars. 2309. As the result of accumulated and non solved problems, another big disaster comes to Earth, and it's the Great Global War. A great part of the civilization as we know it stops to exist. I didn't write this, by the way. It's from the internet. The destruction hits as almost extinction, mainly of the yellow and black races. Again, I didn't write this. This is from the book. 2396, the great change leads to the final establishment of a global parliament on earth of the global union of nations or states. But this global parliament, although it's elected through voting by the nations, is not from politicians or businessmen, but from scientists, technologists, and humanitarian figures. The money as we know it does not exist anymore. The planetary resources are distributed and are now enough for every person. The overpopulation, the climate, the nutrition, and the ecological problems are all solved. And it goes on. Um, let me see. What time are we at? Should I? All right, I'll go. I'll give you a couple more. Um, 3382. A remarkable phenomenon happens in humanity. People, one after the other, acquire suddenly a new spiritual ability that could be called hypervision or hyperintuition. A direct access to the great spiritual light or direct knowledge with extremely powerful And stunning clarity, creative powers. It's also a mutation of the human brain. See, now that seems cool. Why can't we have that now? Uh, between 3400 and 4000 AD, a new golden age comes in humanity after almost a thousand years of dark age. Now in the global government are not any more scientists and technocrats. They're the universal creators, personalities that combine simultaneously the qualities and the abilities of philosopher, artist, scientist, adept, mystic, etc. Everything in the society is free clothes, house, food, transportation, there's no private property and the only inequalities are of honor and reputation. So yeah it's gonna take a while for us to get to uh, what's it called the Golden age a new golden age so keep hope keep uh, hanging out there everybody keep holding on hope. He says there are only three kinds of laws those referring to the two-year term of working. That I could get behind. Two more years and I'm done? Sure. Those referring to how traveling traffic and distribution of goods is done. And the final law. Three shells. Oh no, sorry, that's something else. Uh, Final law. Those referring to the demographic stable size population. Control of births. Again, I'm eager to read this book. I wish I knew exactly when it was really written. I wish that uh, George didn't take forever to release it 50 years later in the 70s when sci-fi was taking off. But if it really is from 1922 and some of this stuff is actually in this book, that's pretty impressive. Not only that, it's pretty conclusive. Maybe this guy did time travel when he was in a coma. Maybe that's what happens to everybody in comas and that's why they don't wake up. Because they're having so much fun being in the future in somebody else's body. I don't know. I wish I did. Alrighty. So that about does it for the Tales of Time Travelers from now. So, here's past Kurt telling the story for future Kurt to edit, then present day Kurt posts it for future you. Time travel! Yay! Don't worry. I still haven't done a Philadelphia Experiment full episode, but it is on the way eventually. Oh, I was really hoping that would be a a call at the last minute. So, the time is 8.21. I've been talking for well over an hour. Time travelers, again, May 20th, 2019. Time is now 8.21 p.m. in California. 424-265-2450. Call this number now. This is your last chance. You don't have to give me any proof at all. You can just say... Hi, Kurt. Best episode ever. And then hang up. That's all I need. If that happens right now, I will be convinced of time travel. Stephen Hawking? Stephen Hawking, here's your chance. Talk. Tell us anything you want us to know about life after death or anything. Here is your chance. All right, sadly... This episode is going to end just like Stephen Hawking's party. Alone, sad, no future Miss Universe, nobody knocking at the door, just a Stitch who's always been here. Not always, that'd be weird. Stitch that's been here for the appropriate amount of time, and myself. All right, future Kurt here that wants to remind you that regardless of what past Kurt just told you throughout this episode... That number, that Google Voice number for all time travelers is no longer active. At least not by me, not by Kurt. Please don't call that number thinking it'll be funny to call Kurt when I'm listening to this five years from now. It's not going to be me. I deactivated that number 24 hours after I activated it for this episode. I gave time travelers... 24 hours to call me and nothing not one call not one voicemail not one text not one message not one anything sadly just like Stephen Hawking like I said a minute ago I got nothing but I do have some of the best fans in the world thank you oh so much to everybody out there that's driving trucks while listening to this podcast. That seems to be a bigger thing. A lot of truckers are listening to this. Thank you guys for the hard work that you guys are doing. I hope I keep you awake. I hope that you're entertained while you're driving, that you're enjoying these podcasts. Thank you all so much. Head on over to patreon.com paranormalalmanac paranormal almanac if you want to support the show. Otherwise, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your newspapers, tell your websites, tell whoever about paranormal almanac i can't thank you guys enough all right once again phone number doesn't work please don't call it anymore it worked for the entirety of the show for 24 hours not any longer thank you very much once again i'm your host kurt savig and this has been another edition of paranormal almanac Where is my profus, 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 I'll be I no. I I not have I I